Welcome, everyone, to DEI After Five, the show that focuses on topics across diversity, equity, and inclusion with some of the brightest minds in the industry. Here's your hostess, inclusive culture curator and coach, Sasha Thompson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DEI After Five. This is a conversation, and I know I always say this, I'm always looking forward to all of these conversations, but this is one that I think is really critical to um, the the livelihoods and the lives and, and how we work as DEI practitioners. You know, I often talk about self-care and wellness, and, and we've had guests talk about burnout before. And so I wanted to bring that topic back up because lately I've been seeing and hearing lots of practitioners talking about being burnt out or feeling burnt out again. We're about to hit, you know, that time of year where everything seems to just be in fast forward. And so how do we do that? How do we manage burnout? But then also we're empathetic people. And so how do we take care of ourselves while we're taking care of others? And so my guest today is Marv Curtis, who is a burnout coach and specialist in all things around this work. And so I wanted to welcome my guest today. So welcome, Marv. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good. So Marv, you know, first of all, tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you got into doing this type of work. Thank you. So in my career, I've I've, uh, spent a lot of time in business. I have an MBA and I've owned and operated a number of call centers, been in a variety of sales oriented businesses, insurance, mortgage, um, customer service, those sorts of things. And uh, over the course of that time, I've had a number of situations where employees would go into a meltdown. They'd go into panic one thing or another. And in addition, I've had those experiences in my own family. I had a, a child who had had open heart surgery as a very small child. And was what we would call hypervigilant. And when he got to be a teenager, he began to experience severe panic attacks. So as just a method of, I couldn't find anyone else to help do this, I had to learn how to help people manage through those kind of emotional crises. And you know, in some contexts that's called burnout. Sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's professional. But uh, in the course of doing that and um, being trained ultimately as a clinical hypnotherapist and a variety of other techniques, what I found is that many of the people who experience uh, issues like burnout tend to be more sensitive than other people. And as I looked around, I found that many of my clients were what we would call highly sensitive, highly empathic. And then I realized I'm that way. My wife was that way. My mother was that way. I have children and, and uh, grandchildren who are that way. And what I came to learn is that about 20% of the population have highly sensitive neurologies and make us both more susceptible to overwhelm and overstimulation. But also we experience life a little bit more fully. And, mm-hmm. and my guess is that you probably fit somewhat into that category too. You know, as you're speaking, I'm just like, yep, that's, yep, <laughs> yep, that's me, that's me. Um, and I actually dealt with um, panic attacks 
and anxiety, you know, in, in high school and into, into college. And so um, I, I totally relate to that because now that I think back on it and how I've been able to manage it, it has been like, how do I control, not necessarily control or be a little bit more mindful of the environment around me mm-hmm. and what causes me to get into, the, you know, those, those modes. Um, <clears throat> I want you to talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned hypotherapy. Hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy. Is that what we normally think about in this work, like the hypnosis? Talk to us a little bit about that and how that ties in to burnout. Sure. So I, when I work with clients as a coach, I'm not really doing what you think of as a traditional hypnotherapy, you know, where you have the clock going back and forth and you go into a deep trance. But what I am doing is I'm helping you recognize these two different states that we all experience, one being your logical thinking state and your more emotional um, body state. So Mm -hmm. if you think of this from more of a scientific standpoint, biologists would tell us that we have three brains. You've got the brain that's in your head. You've got a brain that's in your heart. Obviously it's not your, uh, the brain that's in your head, but you have kind of a brain in your heart and one in your gut. Mm. And if we just combine the heart and the gut brain and say, that's your body or your emotional brain, A lot of the people that I deal with have a conflict between the logical conclusions that they've drawn and the emotional values or beliefs that they hold. And that's what most of what I do is I help people connect those two things and bring them together. And so when you're talking to people's emotions, that's what some people would call hypnotherapy. I think you just outlined one of the biggest challenges that I think a lot of DEI practitioners struggle with Mm. in that logically we know where the organization is going. We know the goals of the organization. We know what we're trying to accomplish, but sometimes our gut, our emotion, our own lived experience, it doesn't align. And so that's part of that challenge that so many people are are facing. I know that I dealt with that when I was, you know, in-house working within organizations where even prior to higher, I mean, prior to doing diversity and inclusion work, when I worked in higher education, you know, it's, I would be told one thing and then my gut, I just could not get past, you know, this is what my body is telling me. Like, this doesn't feel right. This is not what I want to say or not what I want to do which would then ultimately cause me stress. Well, you know, you, uh, you have identified really the core of most emotional problems and it starts Mm -hmm. up here. So you said, you know, as DEI practitioners, you have a sense of the logical structure of the business that is separate from the judgments and conclusions and stories you tell about those logical issues. That's where the trouble becomes or gets really real. Because, you know, if you think of, let's just talk Buddhism for a minute. A Buddhist leader once said there's two kinds of pain. The first is the actual painful experience. And the second is the stories that we tell ourselves about the pain. And sometimes this is where most of the pain resides. The same thing is true of the logical conclusions we draw about life Mm -hmm. and unwinding those 
goes a long way to helping people find peace. I'm pausing because I'm just <laughs> thinking through everything you just dropped on me. Um, it explains so much of my life <laughs> right now and, and kind of what, you know, especially in this work, um, we've so many of us have been grappling with, you know, it's and I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had coaching clients that are practitioners that the first question out of their mouth is, am I even supposed to be doing this work? Yeah. Right. They question themselves because again, there's that misalignment between what they know, the stories they hear, the stories they tell themselves and, you know, what they're experiencing. Um, do so you find that, do you find that they are able to be in touch with that part that they're trying to make resonant or not? That's a really great question. Sometimes I think so. Um, but oftentimes I think the logical brain supersedes yeah. the emotion, supersedes the gut, um, which in the moment may have feel like there's some resolution, but it ultimately comes back to this doesn't feel right. Yeah, when it doesn't feel right, sooner or later, that's going to come back until yeah. it feels right. Yeah. So one of the things that I do, and it's kind of a first step, uh, in the beginning, you mentioned highly sensitive and highly empathic people tend yeah. to absorb the energy of other people. And sometimes we hang on to that energy and that causes us a lot of problems. And we're acting out of someone else's energy instead of our own. So one of the first things I try and do is help people learn to recognize that energy. And I do that by teaching them how to talk to their intuition. So when we talk about how do you communicate emotionally with yourself, because, you know, we're incredibly brilliant, right. especially at an emotional level. You know, if you can engage your heart brain and your gut brain, you know the answers to a lot of the questions in your life. You just may not have access to them or you're favoring your logical conclusions instead of those. So one of the first things that I like to do is help people learn how to get a really solid, good answer from their intuition whenever they want. And what does that look like? You know, because I'm sitting here and as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, and coaching is about, you know, powerful questions and asking the right questions. But this seems to take it almost a little step further. It's not just asking the questions, but it's having the client ask themselves those questions. Yes. Yes. Okay. And by doing that, you're helping the client to solve their own problem. Because yeah. you know, as we all know, uh, I may tell you a lot of things, but the truest words that you hear are the ones that come out of your own mouth. Not Absolutely. Mine. So let me give you an, an example. And this is everybody's gone through this. You okay. probably took some kind of a standardized test. If you're going to college, you probably took an ACT or an SAT or one of those uh, kinds of tests. And when you're in those tests, they frequently say to you, go with your first answer. Mm -hmm. And what we usually do is we hear the first answer and then we hear our logical brain rationalize why that's not the right answer. So when I'm teaching people how to trust and how to listen to their intuition, I say to them, 
When you ask yourself a question, you ask your intuition or your body, you're going to get two answers almost automatically. The first will be instantaneous. And in most cases, it will just be a sense of knowing. That's your intuition. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you miss it because really quickly your brain comes in and gives you a logical rationalization. And so what I'm going to say to you is pay really close attention to that first answer you get. That's your intuition answer. Now, the second part is ask a binary question, yes or no. You know, if you ask a complicated question like, should I be in this uh, job or should I become a doctor or should I become an attorney or should I, you know, you give it multiple choice questions, hard to get an answer. But if you ask a yes or no answer, almost always you're going to get a highly resonant feeling. That's the first place I start. So let's just take you for an example. Mm -hmm. If I were coaching you and let's say you were experiencing some overwhelm um, or you've had just too much sensory stimulation, I would Mm -hmm. say to you, ask your body, code for your intuition, yes or no, am I holding anyone else's energy right now? Mm. And in most cases, you're going to get a yes or a no answer. That's the first step of the diagnosis of what are we going to do to release that energy so that you can act out of your own knowledge. What I love about that question is it asked about your your environment without asking around your environment about your environment in that are you holding anyone else's energy, right? Who is impacting you? What voices are others tell you know are you hearing that's impacting how you are going to respond yeah. to this what's interesting here is when i'm dealing with highly sensitive people just mm-hmm. al- almost without fault they immediately connect and can hear the answer when mm-hmm. i'm dealing with people who are not highly sensitive it's more of a struggle they're so top of mind so logical that although everyone has that intuition and can hear it, it's much more difficult for a non-sensitive to hear that and be able to respond to it. So that's one of the cues or keys to whether you have a more highly sensitive neurology. Right. Because, yeah, as soon as you asked that question, I was just like, yes. <laughs> so, again, so let's just follow this. Let's follow the process. So I would say, Ask your body yes or no. Do you know whose energy you're holding? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And you do. So yeah. right there in this very short interchange, we've gotten further in helping you along the process of understanding how you're feeling than you would have spent hours in some telling your stories. Because that's right. what most therapy is. You just tell your stories over and over again. What we're doing is we're connecting you to your own knowing And just giving you some guidelines. So let's go to the next step. Mm -hmm. Let's just check because sometimes it's more than one. Ask your body yes or no. Are you holding more than one other person's energy? Right. And if you are, then we're going to have to go through the process one by one. It's hard to do it in multiples. So the next step would be, let's say that you're only holding one. That'll make it easy for us. Is there a message in that energy? that you should be receiving. 
Mm. Not asking what the message is. But if right. I ask, is there a message? And there isn't always a message. Sometimes somebody's just dumped energy on you. Yeah. But if if there is one, almost invariably, you'll just have immediately a deep sense of knowing, yeah, this is the message. It reminds me of um, the inner critic work that mm-hmm. is often done in coaching, right? Yeah. And I do an exercise with some of my clients around like name your inner critic. And it's it's a similar thing because it's like once they name it and they they know the purpose of that inner critic then it's easier to put that inner critic in its place name it to tame it yes yes oh my gosh i'm loving this i'm loving this i'm loving this you know so, <laughs> right, so let's, let's go to the next step okay Since we're kind of following this progression yeah so a lot of times and i'm going to digress here for just a minute to to bring out why we might do this People may come and say, I'm just feeling out of balance. I'm feeling like I'm not grounded. I'm confused. I'm mad. I, you know, you've got all these swirling energies out there and you can't get back to baseline. How do you self care? So what I'm teaching Mm -hmm. you is a process to get you to self care. So I'm next going to say, let's assume you've had one energy in there. There was a message, you know what the message is. And if you hadn't, I'd say, Ask your body if it can make known to you what that message is. So you do. Let's say we're there. Mm -hmm. Now ask your body, is it okay to release that energy and send it back to where it came from? Yeah. And that's so powerful. (laughs) So once again, one of two things is going to happen most of the time. And the easiest is, yes, I can Mm -hmm. release the energy. But sometimes the answer will be, no, I can't release this energy. And in those cases, it is usually connected to and triggering a memory of a previous experience that you've had in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's when we say we need to go release the energy from this traumatic experience. When I say traumatic, I'm not talking car crash. It could be just something that's stuck inside of you. Yeah. We release that separately. But then we come back. And so let's say it says, yes, you can release that energy. I might then just as a matter of testing, ask your body if we can, if it will release that energy to the count of 10. Most of the time it comes back and just says 10. So then I go into an eco meditation pose. So this is basically a combination of EMDR and EFT. Going to have you use the butterfly hole. You're going to alternately tap on these acupressure points on your upper arms You're going to breathe deeply to the count of 10 as the energy releases. 10, 9, and you're just going to breathe it through. That gives you bilateral stimulation, which automatically balances you, helps self-regulate. The deep breathing takes you out of beta and more into alpha. Mm -hmm. And your brain just knows we're releasing that energy. And when you come out of this, you're a different person. Even with that few seconds of me listening and just doing this, yeah, I can sense the. Whew. You feel different. Yeah, it's like. Whew. So okay. let me give you just. Uh, th- this is an evidence-based technique. So this has been tested to determine: does it move you from beta to alpha? Mm-hmm. Does it reduce your cortisol levels? Uh Does it reduce anxiety, stress? And in clinical studies, this kind of 
sometimes it's not this tapping. Sometimes it's more of an EFT tapping, but right. basically an acupressure point tapping has been proven to measurably reduce stress and anxiety um, and help you regain balance. You know, it's it's interesting because I was talking to someone recently about tapping and just that whole, the work behind it. Mm-hmm. It was something that was very new to me. And as someone that has always dealt with high levels of cortisol, stress, anxiety in earlier um, times of my life, I'm surprised that I'm just now hearing about or learning about tapping in the few times that I've done it I'm like where has this been <laughs> like my entire life it would have saved so much time and energy um yeah. so you know as I'm thinking through this and again you know there are gonna be so many folks that watch this or, or listen to this um what are some techniques that they can do kind of in the moment like tapping you mentioned you know the the bilateral, that they can that um, you mentioned. Is there anything else that they can do, kind of in the moment, if they're feeling high levels of anxiety or stress? So, the process that I go through. I mean, there are many others, but I'm going to just tell you this is this is the process that I go through when I'm helping somebody out of it. And the beauty of this is you can do it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're really stuck and you need a coach to walk you through it because you're just too dysregulated to think clearly. But the first thing I want to know is what we started with are you holding someone else's energy yeah because uh, and i've had this experience i will treat the symptom and have a great effect and then 15 minutes later they're right back where they were yeah. because i'm treating someone else's energy yeah or i'm treating a symptom and not the real thing so i've got to get you to baseline energy so first step is are you holding anyone's energy and to do that, I've got to get you to learn how to talk to your body and get an intuitive response. So first step is, are you holding in anyone else's energy? And then release that. And when we release it and we do it this way and the deep breathing, we're also rebalancing everything else at the same time. So it's a very simple process. That alone will take you from, uh, from crazy to ground zero in short time. Normally, when I have clients who've, who've really been struggling with this, I'll say, you need to get on a schedule, get a timer or an al- alarm clock, just mm-hmm. do this 15 minutes every day in the morning and get you so that when you start the day, it's just your energy, you are balanced, your brain is working on both sides, everything's firing normally, it'll change your life. Literally, it will change your life. I mean, I honestly think that once people... Um hear this and and start to put this into practice, right? This could be part of their regular self-care routines. You know, I often say that self-care looks different for everyone. And so this may resonate with some folks and may not with others, but I I think that this is a beautiful practice to to try. Um, Like now that you've said that, and I always, you know, tell people it only takes 10, 15 minutes out of your day to really focus on your self-care this is something that I think I want to add to my you know, practice because, um, you know, I have found my challenge is falling asleep at night because my brain is going a million times an hour. Um, and so having that moment to just release energy, to get grounded in a way, yeah. help 
again, bring down those cortisol levels and, and aid in just having more restful sleep and rest in, in time kind of in that space. You've raised an important question that is racing minds. So people who have highly sensitive neurologies are ruminators. We tend to think about problems over and over again. We go back to the past. We want to relive the past. We want to rework that. Could I have done this differently? So there's a part to this grounding exercise that's really powerful, and it brings into play mindfulness. So mindfulness, you know, well understood, very powerful. But for those of us who are highly sensitive, who are ruminators, deep thinkers and deep feelers, our brains just take off. Yeah. So while you're doing this, if you'll add this component, it's incredibly powerful. Now, I don't know why this works, and it may just be metaphorical, but it really is powerful. And what you do is as you breathe in, so we're going to do six seconds breathing. So I'm breathing in to the count of one, two, three, four, five, six. As I do that, I visualize I'm bringing in healing energy with my in-breath. Mm-hmm. And then... Whatever thoughts are going, just let them pass through your mind. I'm focusing on a visual energy, positive, compassionate energy coming into me. And with my out breath, I'm sending that energy to whatever part of my body, mind, or spirit is ailing. Let's say I've got a migraine. I'm going to send it to my migraine. I've got arthritis. I'm going to send it to my arthritis. And I'm going to do that until I feel some relief because you will feel some relief. Now what do you do? Then I send it to my clients. I send it to my children. I send it to my grandchildren. I may send it to those energy vampires who dump their negative energy on me every day. And I know going into work, we're going to try and do it again. And I'm going to forget to say no. And I'm going to be a people pleaser and get back into this situation. I'm going to send that energy to the part of me that needs to be able to say no. And I'm going to send it to them basically to create a barrier between their negative energy and me. Mara, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I love it. Uh, it's just, it's so powerful. And I think it's it's needed because again, you know, as practitioners, as DEI practitioners, we advocate for others so much. And we're often also advocating for ourselves, but we forget ourselves in that process. And do you find that you put others first and yourself last? Absolutely. It's part of the trait. Absolutely. You've got to learn how, and this is a great way to do it, to put yourself first. Absolutely. So Marv, the last question I'm going to ask you, and you spoke about it a little bit, but we're going to take it out of kind of this realm is, you know, how do you fill your cup when you're not coaching? What do you do to take care of yourself? Well, this morning I went and fished for two hours on the Madison River in Yellowstone National Park. I mean, (laughs) water, being in water, in nature, it's really grounding for me. I also do a lot of hand crafting. So Mm. I make um, wood products out of scrap, uh, found wood in the forest, uh, bolo ties, necklaces, bracelets, just working with my hands and working with wood, deeply grounding for me. Oh my goodness. And I I heard recently that there's... um a whole area of of work called earthing where it is about getting back to nature and touching nature and and natural things with our hands and our feet. So it just seems like it ties right back into the work. 
that you do? For me, that really works. It doesn't work for everybody. You know, everybody yeah. is different. But yes, earthing really works for me. Yeah. I, I think it, um, I realized that it worked for me as a child. And mm. now as an adult, I'm trying to get back to it. Nice. So it's it's something that I appreciate. So, Marv, thank you so much for joining us today. I think, I mean, I've taken <laughs> over a page of notes in just, you know, wanting to capture this because I think it's so important. Um, and it's something, again, that I I advocate for, um, for anyone that is in the type of role where they are dealing with empathy and dealing with people and holding on to a lot of negative energy oftentimes. So thank you so much. How could people get in contact with you if they wanted to follow up with you? Well, uh, I'm on LinkedIn at Marv Curtis Coaching or Marv Curtis. I have a website, which is marvcurtiscoaching.com. And uh, my email is marv at marvcurtiscoaching.com. So you can message me if you want to just chat by messaging on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a Facebook page, but that's not terribly active. But LinkedIn is a great place to connect or there's a contact form on my web page. Uh, you can set up an appointment for a phone call if you'd like to do that. Thank you so much, Mar, for being with us today. And thank you everyone for watching. I hope that you are able to take away a couple of nuggets here. I know I um, have more than a couple of nuggets that I took away from this. And so thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel excuse me, to our YouTube channel and to um, our, our find us where you find your podcast. All right. Until next time, have a good one.